Today we're going to be meeting Kathy Adamson, or Gypsy Kath, who has been driving on the road in Aussie for about eight years, living in her home on wheels, converted from a girls' Catholic school bus. We talk about stealth parking, the changing landscape of Aussie through the eyes of a roadie, and how being in a nine-to-five made her feel more isolated and lonelier than she's ever been on the road. And as always, we'd like to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dry Flush Toilets. If you haven't seen these amazing off-grid toilets, you really need to check them out. They're the cleanest, easiest, smell-free toilet that you've ever seen. And they recently won the best new camping technology in Australia. No more dumping chemicals or maintaining a composting toilet. Go to www.dryflush.com.au to see how they work. Let's get traveling. Welcome to the Off-Grid Traveler podcast where we meet the people who go off-grid and into a life of adventure, challenge, and grand new horizons. Whether on land or on sea, you'll meet some fascinating characters who've chosen the road less traveled and discover their best tips, worst moments, favorite destinations, and a whole lot more. And the reason I'm actually here was I did a little stealth parking last night. Ooh. So, which is no real big deal. I mean, if you're not making a mess and you're not outside your vehicle and you're not in anyone's way, I personally don't see why it's a big deal. But everyone has a different opinion. So... This is this is the really cool thing. So uh, today, guys, welcome everyone. We've got the awesome Kathy Adamson, who has been traveling uh, on the road for, is it around about seven years now? I think I'm just in my eighth, actually. Wow. And you said something just then, which is really cool. Uh, and a lot of people might not know about it, but you've done... Sp- Self parking, right? Oh, and this is a really cool thing because I've seen this on on YouTube before, uh, where people do this. But can you give a little bit of what what it is? <laughs> In short, it's basically being somewhere that you're not supposed to be. Um, you know, and let's be fair. If everybody that was living on the road all went to one place and trashed it, which is unfortunately what does happen with some realm. Mm. of camping or road livers whatever you want to call us but um you know it's a case of like last night and i can actually show you this last night i was actually fortunate enough wow okay is that on the beach from right yeah oh lovely as you do so basically all it is is um every couple of years it turns out that i sort of rotate through Perth, WA, and West Australia is an amazing state and well worth exploring and adventuring, but I think Perth's immediate CBD area lack not only caravan parks, if they're your preference, but there's nowhere to park up, there's no RV parking, there's no free 24 or 48-hour parking, which allows you to then use the stores, use the service, fuel up, stay the night and on you go. So I chose a little place about half an hour or so up the coast of Perth. And it used to be a tiny little parking spot and a boat marina. And now it is being cultivated to become another huge boat marina, shops, family friendly and all that. So I've been watching them kind of create ground in the ocean 
where there wasn't any. It's quite fascinating. That's really cool. So, and and this is you've used to go to this place. Like you've been going here continuously every time that you're you're in Western Australia. Uh, it's a it's an old romping ground. Given I was born here, <laughs> um, yeah. and there is sentiment to this spot due to, um, you know history etc but yes it's amazing how when you come back even in a year to some places the change and yet those that are here all the time really don't see it no you don't because obviously every single day you're walking past the same thing you do notice the buildings going up but your brain just kind of switches off from it whereas when you're bouncing from place to place you come back and you see that that old mum and pop store has now become uh, a six, you know, six story uh, megaplex or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, this is, yeah. this is life now, huh? But it, it, that it's, it's not about being sad about that per se. It's just interesting to take note of what's changing all the time. Right. Yes. And especially when everyone like the upper realm of businesses are all screaming for money and screaming that they're not making profit. Um, I'm sure that universally housing is the same language. It's not just US or just Australia. It's universal, the housing issue. Um, And it amazes me how everyone says there's no money. But everywhere I go, there are cranes in the city's building and there is, um, you know, serious uh, infrastructure being done. So, you know, it's not just that that corner shop may have had a redevelopment in your absence, like uh, yesterday, the day before, I was driving down a road that I'm quite familiar with, and the entire thing is completely different. There's a freeway that runs under it. There's an overpass that was never there. So it does pay to sort of be vigilant and take notice of changes. But you could end up lost or in a pickle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 so and then let, let's 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 go back uh, a couple of steps and think. You know, why, when, and why did you? start living off grid like because i've spoken to uh, georgia who's a a mutual friend of ours and she just raved and raved about you and saying if you want to meet an actual off-gridder go and speak to kathy and uh, yeah i I think it'd be really interesting to just unpack your, your story a bit oh well firstly that's really sweet of her she's now i think on her big year lap yeah. Which kind of makes me laugh when people say, I'm taking a year off and we're doing the lap. It's like, well, I thought the lap would take six months or a year. Not that that was my intention, but eight years in to not having a house address is the best gift I could have ever given myself. But before I say anything, I do keep in mind, yes, I am single. I have no dependents. I have no partner. I have no animal anymore to be responsible for. So mm. therefore my decisions are, um, they don't affect anybody else. I can change my mind at the whim. But I guess the catalyst was I was, like most others, working seriously anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day, which was normal, um, five to seven days a week, which these days is normal. I was on a very, very good income I had a beautiful unit full of everything that I could possibly have needed Mm. made sure I'd invested in good quality so I could sort of sit out my latter years because I'm in a few months just turning 60 and I think for me I know this might sound strange to a lot of people but little things niggle at you and I can honestly say now living in my beautiful unit 
having my well-paid job, I was lonelier, if that's a word, yeah. and more more isolated than you probably would really conceive because for the most part we think, you know, lots of income gives us lots of freedom. Right. But it doesn't because it takes your freedom away to make the income. So I found myself in a a spiral and it didn't matter what I did, I couldn't get out of it. So at the time I was sitting in my unit, I had unfortunately lost my dearest little furry friend of nine years and I think I just sat at that point and thought you know there's got to be more to life than working my butt off paying bills and dying and for me my um my happiest space is in experience so mundane regular routine to the nine to five set that we all believe we're to do just didn't cut it for me and it didn't matter how much I put into it it was always sort of coming up empty yeah so I bought a bus online I had a scooter packed up my house I sold and gave away everything cleaned everything up sent six cartons and a scooter from the east coast to the west coast Bought a bus online unseen in the West Coast, got on a plane, and I don't think I've ever looked back. This is my second bus now, but I've never really looked back or regretted one thing. That's amazing. And 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 so that the because obviously you just said that the the cycle that people get in is that you think you're making more money, but then what happens is that you're spending more money because you've got more money. And so you're continuously in this loop of um, always chasing your own tail. Whereas yeah. what what you've done is, uh, and, and uh, fantastically, a lot of people are starting to wise up to is that, you know, experience is actually more important than uh-huh. living within the confines of a forward place as I'm doing right now, but I've traveled enough, so I'm okay. And I'm going to got more travel coming, hopefully. Um, but yeah, <laughs> one thing that really does um, shine a light is sometimes people have this kind of um, a romantic vision of what traveling is and that you're always yeah. living the life and it's always great. But I'd really like to understand what have been some of the biggest moments that you've gone like, fuck, like what? what am I doing? Is this, it's not that you don't think this is a right decision, but it's just like, you've been in moments where you're like, I'm not having a good time right now. Yeah, there is lots of them. And you're exactly right. That's my favorite expression. I meet a lot of people along the way and I'm still meeting best friends that I didn't know I had. So that, that in itself is very true. But the people that say to me, the comment like, Oh, you're so lucky. Well, first of all, luck has nothing to do with it. You know, opportunity equals hard work. So it did take me a lot of work to get to the road. Mm. Um, And they also tend to feel and think that you're living their dream. And my favourite response is it is simply a choice. Mm. You have one programming that you're believed you're meant to live by, and if you never look outside the square, you're never going to see opportunities, you know, and that is how it makes. But I will tell you a very short story. 
the first two years I was out and about, I had built my first little bus, which was shorter than this one, and off I took from Perth to Darwin right. to be in Darwin for a set time for work. At the time, it was the wet season coming in. Um, actually, it was round about this time of the year. February, in the February, I headed up to Darwin. Now, don't get me wrong. Anyone who's never travelled in the north of Australia in the wet season, I understand the dangers. I understand them when they're dry season as well. But it is an absolutely magnificent sight mm. and experiences to have that you would never have. But I pulled up in Broome on that very first 12 months. I was menopausal, hot flushing, stinking hot in the weather. I'd just come in after a major cyclonic storm in Broome. I was sitting in a place that the whole world raves about. Everybody loves. I was right at the ocean view. The ocean was out. You know, it has amazing history of warships that were bombed there by the Japanese and it was all visual and dinosaur prints in the tied-out rock. All amazing, right? You know what I was doing? I was on the step of my bus with my head in my hand, <laughs> crying, wondering what the hell I thought I was doing. Why on earth did I think this was a great idea? Anyway, well, after I'd had a meltdown, it was actually Valentine's Day the next day, so right. I awarded myself another night in the caravan park for the amenities. And I got talking with a lady who had a nursing background, okay. and there was a really, really another big front coming, and she was telling me I should stay put. I was making a decision to do a runner, which, by the way, I did do, which, by the way, was the best decision. She told me about something called heat distress. Right. We hear about, um, you know, uh, what's the word when you're overheated and mm. people, um, I've lost the word at the moment, but people suffer from those issues. Well, there's also one that's heat distress and it's really just like your brain goes into a boil. Just frazzles. Because of the heat. And no. it's just like these little mini breakdowns because you can't think. You can't do anything. I mean, I was hydrated and I do all the right things. But I will never forget that point of sitting on the step and the feeling of tears on my cheeks and then thinking, I've just done what I've done. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Do you know I can honestly say that's the only moment that I have ever had that has been like that for me? Did did you do you think like you needed to have that moment though as well uh, to to kind of in 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 that aspect it's to hit rock bottom in your mind you feel as though like oh my gosh I can't believe I've done this and then you go well actually everything's pretty good I look out my yeah. window there's a beautiful sunset like coming down you know I've yeah. I've met some amazing people uh, uh, last week who have changed my life who I'm going to keep in contact with all the time and and so it's 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 the flip side of that is that. Because I've had the same moment where I was in um, I was in a hotel room in in Thailand and I'd been there for a long time and I was sitting there with my hands like this, literally just going like, I am so lonely right now, and oh. I I don't know what to do. My family are miles you know miles away. Um, the people that I was hanging out with have literally just gone, and like I felt in myself like, am I really 
supposed to be doing this, you know, and then, you know, <laughs> nine, nine years later, I'm still out in traveling and in Asia. So, yeah. you know, it, it, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, yes. And I've noticed that ever since then, everything has risen up. There have been trials, but it's it's been a continuous, slowly push upwards. And like you were saying, with the fact that you've got your second bus now as well, like, you know, yeah. you, you learned what you didn't like with your original one and you've gone, no, this one is going to be my home. Uh, well, not yeah. to say that wasn't, but you, you made yeah. it even more, right? No, you're exactly right. You're yeah. exactly right. And I think those times, it's funny, isn't it, how we call them breakdowns or we look at it as a low because in hindsight, it's actually a breakthrough yes. because for, for you to genuinely settle into a new life, I know people out there make decisions and then create an action and then follow that through. But there's always a time that like your nervous system and your body needs to settle into the realisation of what you've chosen. And don't get me wrong, there is ups and downs with every lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, when I say RVers as well, if you're an RVer nomad, living on the road is very, very different to still having a house regardless of how long you're out here in your vehicle of whatever if you point. have that home base, you psychically have a different way in your head of being than if you didn't have it. And the one thing I love about my personal journey is that everyone I meet, we all love the same thing, mm. but we all do it very, very differently. So for me, full time might mean that now and again for the normal, not that I like that word, but the normal person will round up their day. They generally come home, they have a routine, whether it's exercise, gym, kids, whatever it might be. Then they're lucky to squeeze in half an hour to an hour or so of their own time mm. and or with partner. And then you go to bed. Well, in my life, that time frame might come around at that time period. I'm enjoying a sunset somewhere. I'm generally enjoying it until it goes dark if I'm not with a friend. Um, and then it's about, well, if you're not in a RV parking space or if you're not checked into a caravan park, you have to think about where you're going to park to lay yeah. your head. You don't just go to your room. No, <laughs> it's not there. It's in the back. I mean, it's behind you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can go to my room right now if I need to, but um, just in that safe space of being. And if you're an anxious kind of person, mm. if you're somebody who really does not like change, doesn't like things being different to what you're used to them being, do not do this. Hmm. Do not invest in a caravan or any vehicle and try it because I can tell you now you're not going to like it. Hmm. Hmm. I think, uh, you know, for people that are anxious, there, 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 there is a difference between if you're going to be really, really worried about going out and seeing the world versus the, that feeling you get when you're a little bit nervous because you're going to be doing something new and and it's understanding which one which camp you're in because if you are literally going to be anxious of going out and doing those things 100% it isn't for everyone even though you will meet some of the best people in the world um you yeah. can still meet those lovely people just down down your road and if it means that you're anxious just step out a small step and say hello to a stranger um yeah. and that that's a good start those people that are um nervous but are ready to jump further 
you know, Kathy literally is the 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 point that you need to to focus on. And hey, you know, what what am I actually getting out of life now? And yeah. can I can I change it? And what was that fear that you had when you first went out there? Like, did you feel like, oh my gosh, um, I've let everything go and um, I'm never going to be able to get that back? Like, was there a, that that weight of of fear initially? This episode of Off Grid Traveller is proudly sponsored by Dry Flush Toilets Australia, home of the world-famous Lavio Dry Flush Toilet. This patented electric toilet has no chemicals, is not a composting system, and can be set up literally anywhere in under 60 seconds. It looks and feels like an at-home toilet to use, but it can be used anywhere with no external power or water, and it still flushes. There's also no cartridge to clean or empty, and it's perfect for camping, caravans, converted vans, boats, tiny homes, or anything off-grid. Go to www.dryflush.com.au and use coupon code off grid to get a 10% discount on your toilet order today. Um, I guess in the actual decision making process, like, you know, I'm I'm giving the job that I was doing was rounding up. I was just finishing up the state department for that company at the time. Right. Um I guess the fear, as you're saying, fear is genuinely of the unknown. Mm. And it is quite a natural, normal emotion to pass through, Mm. especially if you're changing anything in your life. And yes, but when I say anxious, I probably should have been more along the lines of the people that are very, very nervous, people Mm. that do not like being on their own, Mm. people that feel fearful because they are isolated to them in a certain space. I've met so many people and um, I'm not passing judgment on them, but the thing that goes through my head is I wonder how half of them even got out of the city because everything is so huge. Right, overstimulated. Yeah, if you're going to hear a twig crack and you think that it's you've now become the victim of a Wolf Creek film or... You know, all these things that run through their head, um, to me, that's not pleasurable because you're living on a knife's edge in the way you feel all Mm. the time. My only fear, to be honest with you, was all based around fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to get from A to B? Well, you know, it had been a few years since I'd been out on the road and and what had happened out here and how it had been in the last few years for everyone all over the planet has been different. So, you know, a lot of changes occurred in those three years in particular, um, which I wasn't aware of how that effect had caused, like my favourite petrol station on the Nullarbor, for instance, was it still there? Had the train trade and had our lockdowns put so much suffering on so many businesses as it yes. did that they've shut now or they're gone, yeah. which means your 300K is now 600 to fuel. So there was that was fear for me. 
So that was more of a that was more of a recent fear than re- in the last few years because obviously with the the pandemic that happened. Yeah, the um, last four or so. Yeah. How, how so was even though you you had the, that fear was did you have any problems during that time or and 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 on a second note to that as well, um, you know what was it was it how many what was the change when that happened like because obviously so many people were going to these camping parks and everything like that and then boom. You know, I was speaking to uh, a gent called Vince who who was um, um, in New Zealand, and he said that the camps he went traveling with his f- family, they um, they were pretty much empty. Like, you know, it was it was a ghost town. I think it depends what part of the um, drama you were out and about. In the beginning, what happened was a lot of parks, all types of parks, they shut everybody in, hmm. and it's like. The caretaker that you paid your money to, and we'll just say on a showground, I had an experience in a place called Moray in um, New South Wales, Moray. And even though it was a, a showground as such, they shut everyone in and took responsibility to keep those people that were already there safe, mm. which meant that they had a completely different um, way of being with anyone new coming in like I did a particular night. I mean, I was isolated under a lamppost down where the cows and stuff go. So they moved you. So you were like uh, in in your own designated area with the people that oh, are normally kept, right. They kept you away from the people that they had that they felt responsible for. Right. Because the saddest part about that whole uh, COVID thing on the road is that people that travelled on the road were looked at in the same way that um, the Aussies had been then looking at ships. Yep, yep, I remember that. So so the people on the land, I looked at us and so we were getting treated like the ships of the land. I had rocks thrown at my bus in one town in New South Wales. I had that really unbelievably rude person at Moree, but everybody just went off the charts. Um, wow. And even though I keep that in mind and I understand and still to this day understand where they thought they were coming from with what they were provided with. Yeah. But it really, really mucked about someone like me because all of a sudden, and I'm I'm not lying when I say I have driven these roads and at times I'm just driving along, blue skied, the scenery is unforgivingly incredibly amazing yeah and you're tearful in that moment for the the freedom the sense of beauty your connection to it all because i don't have any other demands on me from anywhere else really i have the privilege of really really living in the present which is something i've been working toward for a long time but those people that kept the policing shall we say that it was it was just something in this country i'd never experienced um i refuse to ever personally experience what i did again and you were shut out and you would get to this imaginary imaginary line mm. and couldn't cross over because all of a sudden we were states and not countries yeah it, it really and, did cause a fear between people, didn't it? Um, there, there was there was yeah. news because 
obviously in Southeast Asia, there was uh, uh, people having issues with foreigners who weren't wearing masks at the time. And same thing that uh, locals started uh, getting a bit aggressive and throwing stones. And you start thinking that this this media, you know, whatever you want to call it, this media madness, which has happened, which has caused basically a big split between people and look, I, I respect everyone's ability to, you know, uh, you know, protect up and everything like that. But the very second that a small thing, like a large thing, but in, in the mind can cause savagery between human to human, we need to yeah. start looking at, you know, individuals are not scary, but groups are, yeah, you know, exactly. It's a shame that that's happened to you as well, you know, especially when, you know, you're living a life where you're literally bouncing from place to place, having the best time. And then that sort of thing can happen. And it only takes one person, only takes one person. Even in that time frame, though, the thing that I found amazing, Perry, was the fact that we as nomads are probably subjected to less people and less interaction than the everyday 100%. And the funny thing was that the everyday was turning on us, so to speak, as though we were the threat. I mean, mm. I understand where all of that was coming from. I'm, I'm not yeah. picking on anyone, just generically speaking. Yeah. But for someone who, um, like myself, you know, there was a lot of things that were also happening within that time frame in my family. Mm. And I was on the East Coast when something happened with my father on the West Coast, and I had to get to him. Um, I hate to say it, but the honest thing is, you know, to a certain degree, we were kind of on suicide watch with him Mm. because by a phone. But what I had to get to, because there was no plane, which was fortunate for me because I wanted to drive anyway. But for me to actually just drive back home 5,000 Ks to get to my dad and help out, which most of us wouldn't even have to think about, the criteria and the hoops that had to be jumped through to be able to get that. And then, of course, you know, everyone has a story. Everyone's got a COVID story. (laughs) (laughs) So it's something I really don't want to have to um, live through again. No. And I really think that if we were to ever to go down that path with anything again, I think I would seriously now... I would actually bunker down in the places I know around this country where there is plenty of water. Mm. I'm always, always stopped. It's funny how people think I have to go to a shop every couple of days. No. Um, Sorry. I'm actually very, very well stopped. So, um, but that's it a really good question. That's a that's a really good question as well. Is regarding um, the what 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 do you normally stock up on, and uh, how big is your your because you've got a water tank, I'm guessing, right? So um, do you normally you got four? <laughs> there you go. So can you give a kind of um, nine years later or eight years later you've been doing this? Um, you know what uh, have been the essentials and what what what's in your backpack? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's something that I find really interesting chatting with other roadies about because some of them have this tiny little drawer. I'm not kidding. And it's full of two-minute noodles. (laughs) (laughs) And then the variation to the two-minute noodle is if they're around shops, they might go and get veg to add to it or a barbecue chicken or something. I don't know. Um, 
I the only thing I am ever in need is fresh, which is fruit and veg. Yeah. Um, you can purchase fruit and veg anywhere really on the road. Used to be a lot more of it. Um, and you go seasonal. Go back to the way it used to be. You know, the apples and the grapes are not in a gas chamber for you to buy in Woolworths 12 months of the year. Yeah. You can only get them when they're flourishing. And to be honest with you, it's a much better way to live. Like I get so excited when grapes and stone fruit <laughs> comes around. Very excited. Um, but I have a pantry which is decent size and it is always fully stocked. Mm. I myself would be able to probably feed a half a dozen people for, you know, three or four months. <laughs> So, so for you, your your main essentials, you've got four uh, water tanks and you've got a pantry that's ready to feed, feed an army. And that, that for you, as long as you've got that and you've got your gas and, and you've got your, your, your home on wheels, you're, you're happy as Larry. That's pretty much it. I do have about 250 litres of water that I carry. Hmm. Maybe a bit more. Um, so that's my carrying water that's potential. So that will do me for showers and dishes and whatever I need for um, an incredibly long time. Mm. And also keep in mind, showering isn't something that's a daily, mm. you know. Some days it's really not necessary and you're mm -hmm. swimming and you're with the ocean and, and there's other um, access to other things around. So you may not always be pulling on your own resources. Yeah, right, um, exactly. Food, I'm an absolute foodie. So, yes, I have a thing <laughs> about always having full freezer, full fridge, and full cupboards is, well, is it. So two two things there. First one is regarding the showers. So do you have, like, a, a pull-out shower and then you, like, how, how, do you, how does that work? Well, I'm just wondering if I can actually just yeah. take you for a little – I'll take you for a little tour. No, oh, I'd love that. That's awesome. As I said, but you're going to have to bear with me because I don't know. Can I turn this camera around like I do with Messenger or do I, I, I do I believe you can. Uh, uh, either right. way, it's all well, good. I, I'm going to cheat. So, first of all, this is the bus that I now have. I love this. Wow. What What is it, by the way? So, it's a Toyota Coaster. It's an ex, believe it or not, Catholic primary school bus. <laughs> which has had a paint job, screens, everything you can see on it, etc. Yeah, is absolutely what I've done. So these, uh, I've got a hundred liters at the bottom, and I've got um a hundred and fifty at the top. So they're two different fillers. Yeah. What is it? Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that the kick ass. That is actually my shower. Right. So that that is actually a shower tent that drops down. Now I used to have a shower on the inside of my mm. other bus, but with this one, you have to forgive me. So the door opens like so. Right. And this is a very very hard job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks brilliant though. This wow. is the hot water system, which is plumbed into the water permanently. Mm -hmm. My shower out here and the hose for the gas. Wow. So I literally undo that tent, take this around to the other side, turn it on, 
and I've got my hot shower if need be. That's amazing. Like uh, for, for anyone who's just listening to this on the podcast, uh, I'd recommend checking out uh, the, the YouTube video as well, because we're getting a, a full full spin around of uh, the the awesome Catholic bus, <laughs> which Kathy's turned into. And um, it's massive. It's huge. It is. Now I'll be able to see my screen. So this is just coming in to the bus here. You'll have to I'm behind my camera, so you're going to have to tell me whether or not you can see. You can see everything so far. Got your fan. Wow, that's beautiful. So, this That's is, a home. Yeah. Oh. And when you talk pantry... I've lost you, you Kathy. Hey? I've lost, I've lost visual, Kathy. Oh, okay. Um, hang on. Zoom meeting in progress. There we go. Gotcha. Yay! Look at that for a learner. Wow. Uh, look, that's that's a gosh. It, it's literally a home. Like if if you just was walking around in there, you you'd think that you're just in a house immediately. That's anywhere you want it to be. That's perfect size. Wow. That, that's it. But I mean, if I stand back here at this end, does that give you an idea of the length? Wow. That's incredible. And um, um, regarding regarding um, your toilet as well, do you have uh, an on on like onboard toilet or is it outside? See that little cupboard there? Yeah. Well, this little cupboard is what I call the royal throne. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool! And so, so it's just tucked away in a cupboard, and you just pull it out when you need it. That's it. Oh, Kathy, you've been amazing. Like, so, so for for anyone uh, who who wants to know more about Kathy and that, Kathy actually doesn't um, really do too much social media, do you? Um, no, I haven't. I've been told to blog for a long time or to do something online, but yeah. I, I guess the more familiar I get with technology, if it becomes easy, like most things do when you use them regularly, yeah. then that would be a good thing. <laughs> so my my recommendation is keep keep an eye out for Kathy because uh, the very second that her social media comes up, I'm going to plug it straight away and let people know because um, honestly, there is I've had a couple conversations with Kathy now, and every single time it's it's just a lot of information. I just feel like there needs to be more conversations in the future as well. And I think that everyone would love to see your blog. Everyone would love to see some sort of videos um, in the oh. future when you're feeling more comfortable uh, with that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, from for, for me and uh, everyone here, you know, thank you so much, Kathy. It's been freaking awesome talking to you. And thank you. Uh, yeah, um, speak to you soon. If you or someone you know would be an interesting guest on the show, we'd love to hear from you. We love speaking to everyday people who've taken to the open road or open seas for an extended period of time or anyone that's set up their life in an off-grid location. Please email guest at offgridtraveller.com.au to get in touch. That's two L's in Traveller. If you like that video, you'll probably like this one and you'll really love this one. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us. And if you want to like and subscribe, it really helps the channel grow. And it means that we can talk about more travel, get more tips and everything off grid. Cheers.